There is no world in which Santa is allowed to slowly grope anything. Hi, and welcome to Meet Your Heroes. I'm Audrey. And I'm Elliot. And this is the show where we ignore the very good conventional wisdom to never meet your heroes, and instead get up close and personal with the lesser known legacies and real life bad behavior of some of history's most notable and beloved people. Hey, Elliot. Hey, Audrey. Do you know what season it is? Oh, I do, I do. It is decorative tree season, motherfuckers. That's right. Yeah. I mean, there's that season, I guess. Uh, it's yes. It's also special announcement season. Oh, not familiar with that one. Is that real season? Um. Well, you know, if you believe hard enough, any season is a season in your heart. We're all about believing hard enough. Yes, we are. Um. But we do have a special announcement. Do you know what it is? Or am I supposed to know it? I don't know. I have no idea what this announcement is. You absolutely do. We just went over it while I was standing in your office, but you know what? That announcement. That announcement. Got it, got it, got it. For the sake of this bit, I'm happy to share. A special announcement. Meet Your Heroes podcast was asked to join a new platform. And this platform is very cool and very exciting, and it's called Fireside. Do you want to explain a little bit about what that is, Elliot? Yeah, uh, anybody who's uh, like watched Twitch streamers or anybody else do like live streaming stuff um, is like familiar with the basic concept. Fireside is basically like a, a live streaming platform for podcasts and audio shows, video shows, and so yeah, it is a place where you can watch us do a live Meet Your Heroes show and also like react live chat with the other listeners and uh generally cause ruckus and disruption while we try to get an episode out yeah just imagine if we were important enough to travel the world going on tour in like real theaters and there wasn't a pandemic and there wasn't a pandemic but remove the theaters keep the pandemic Mm. it's like a platform where we can tour live shows Yes, so we we are going to be doing our first uh, Meet Your Hosts live edition. Yes. Coming up. Next week, we are doing two Meet Your Heroes episodes on Fireside. So... Uh, we would love for everyone to attend. Honestly, I would just love for like more than two people to attend. That would be great as a start. I perform very well when there's an audience. Um, <laughs> okay, basically, my okay, entire life is a performance. When there's an audience, I also then get validation. So it's like a very win-win for me. The first episode we're doing next week is sort of like an AMA. We have never really used the platform to do anything live in front of other people. We want to get the feel for it. We also just want to meet the people who listen to our podcast. And this is a super easy way to do that. Like literally you get to come meet us and be disappointed in real time. Like you don't have to be disappointed a few days after we've recorded when you're listening to this in your living room. No longer disappointed at your own convenience on your own time. Now we pick the time and you you have to show up. That's right. Exactly. That's right. Details about exactly when that's going to happen will be posted on our Instagram and our Twitter. And the handle for both of those is at Your Heroes Pod. Um, so that's the first one. The second one is we're going to record an episode live. And then after that, I'm going to download the audio and cut out all the awkward parts and put it on our feed. 
But if you want to be there for the awkward parts where some jokes fail and I get grumpy with Elliot and he gets grumpy with me, then you're going to want to join this live. Yeah, see see how the sausage is made. So so there are two live shows, one AMA next week and then one actual live episode after that. Uh, if you are trying to get ready, you can go download the Fireside app. Their marketing is working. Uh, just <laughs> get it. Uh, there's also a link that you can just use to listen from your browser, but that doesn't seem nearly as fun. Um, but I think we will post both of those. Yes, and the very cool thing about Fireside is if you download the app, they have a way to sort of gatekeep <laughs> audiences so trolls can't get in you will have to like create a profile all of that sort of stuff um so if you're coming to troll us you can just do that in real time on twitter you don't need to come to the to the live show exactly no need no need all right so we're giving you what you want witness it firsthand and speaking of giving the audience what they want do you know what happened today elliot I am recording a brilliant episode of our podcast. I can't wait for it. No. What happened today was vindication for me. On our Instagram, I posted, if you want an Audrey's Astrology Corner for your own birthday, let me know. And I've done this before. And in the past, like two or three people have wanted it. I've sent them voice memos, whatever. Mm -hmm. I posted it today. Within a few hours, there were like 30 people who wanted their Audrey's Astrology Corner. And so... What is the world coming to? And so... What? Yeah. I, uh, I was able to get those out and I put them on our stories. So if you want to go look at people's uh, Audrey's Astrology Corner for their birthdays, I'll make it a highlight on Instagram. You can go see what other supporters of uh, Meet Your Heroes are like, what, what the stars say their personality is. A lot of people put their birth year as well. And I'm going to tell you what, it made me feel real fucking old. There were some that started with the two. What? I know. That happens? Yes. Oh, yikes. Extreme. You tell me people are, there are people that are born this century? Yeah. Young people like us. Isn't that cool? Oh, no. Fools. <laughs> Jokes on them. Jokes on them. We are big squares. And so to have people who don't have a one, if you do have a one, we love you also because we have a one and we can relate to that. But to know that Gen Zers are listening to Meet Your Heroes and are not like disappointed all the time. See, now you just sound desperate. You're trying to. I am desperate. Hard. You gotta, I, am desperate. You gotta... <laughs> I have never lied about this. I have never lied about being desperate. I love attention. I One time, my best friend and I went to a Lady Gaga concert and um, about halfway through... She threw mm-hmm. herself on the ground and said, clap for me like I'm Tinkerbell. And she, <laughs> and she wouldn't get up and perform until the audience was, <laughs> was clapping loud enough for her to like get back up. If you've never seen Peter Pan, like uh, Tinkerbell at one point dies until she gets enough attention and people are like mm-hmm. showering her with love. And so this is you. This, this is, is me. you. So a joke between <laughs> one of my best friends and I all the time is like clap for me like I'm Tinkerbell. And listen, here we are. Unlike you, uh, not only am I not doing Audrey's Astrology Corner, I am also uh, prepared to ruin everyone's childhood. Um, I would love to revisit a beloved figure of the holiday season mm. and dispel whatever myths you may you may have mm-hmm. this week's hero oh no 
Mr. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. What do you know about Mr. Reindeer? Well, here's what I know about reindeer, actually. So the fact that this is a mister is problematic from the jump. Do you know this about reindeer? I don't. Male reindeer shed their antlers in the winter. And so you're out there seeing all these reindeer with antlers pulling Santa in the winter. Those bitches are female. Oh, interesting. And and those and by those bitches I mean that in the most endearing way. Dasher and Dancer and Prancer and Vixen. Yeah, I mean, come on. Those are some Vixen? Yeah. Vixen, come come on. Come on. That's now that you say it, it seems obvious. Cupid? Comet? That's all the other ones I can name. What are Blit, Dixon. Blitzen? Do we ever say Blitzen? Blitzen? There's I don't there's know. no Ditson. You're you're losing the thread here. We're asking about Mr. Rudolph, the red-nosed reindeer. So Rudolph uh, is canonically male. Do, yes. What do you know about this fella? Everything I know about Rudolph, the red-nosed reindeer, comes from the early 1990s claymation classic. Oh, oh no! Of like oh, Rudolph. No. That's it. Now, talk about early 60s. 60s is that when early it is? Early 60s so, claymation classic. I saw it in the early 90s because that's when it would have been apropos for me to see it. But yes, the claymation Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer is it encapsulates everything I know about Rudolph. Okay, okay. Uh, so just to recap, could you just give us the highlights? He's a big dork. No one likes him. He's got a weird red nose. Then it turns out. They need his weird red nose, and then everybody loves him for being different because he's the one who's able to save Christmas. The fact that he saves Christmas is, in fact, part of the story. But almost all of the other things that we think we know about Rudolph's life are a lie. God damn it. Every time. Rodolphus no, the reindeer no, no, was one. No, no, I have seen what I needed to see. <laughs> That's, no, immediately no. <laughs> okay, so I made that up. His actual name is always Rudolph, but Rudolph the Rindus reindeer was born in July 1939. Okay, 39, got it. From the imagination of one Mr. Robert Louis May. Mm. So three names like a serial killer. Three first names too. Is that does that give you extra serial killer points? Sometimes it does. Okay. Well, Rudolph was born out of the truest spirit of Christmas, trying to sell people shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, back in the throes of the Great Depression, Montgomery Ward, the department store was looking to try to get people to come into their store and buy anything with whatever meager savings they had. And they had been giving away coloring books every year. Turns out, though, that uh, coloring books, expensive. And can't feed your starving family during the Great Depression. Yeah, I mean, it's true. The Montgomery Ward staff was like, okay, we need need this... uh, coloring book giveaway but uh we really can't afford to buy them let's just let's just scrap together our own in-house coloring book like really just like hand-drawn just like cobble this thing together pinch whatever pennies we can and they're like who are we gonna get to do it and somebody's like who's that guy at the christmas party that always does like the dirty limericks 
who's what's that guy's name like uh may robert may yeah like yeah yeah, yeah. Go, go get him to do it and so they go and call up robert may and they're like all right uh we need you to do a christmas coloring book for kids and he's like all right i'm gonna do it so he goes and he's like all right first things first uh let's do a poem an anapestic tetrameter as I'm sure everyone is aware, is the particular uh, cadence and rhyme scheme uh, that you would find in uh, holiday classics such as uh, The Night Before Christmas, mm-hmm. like that kind of like sing-songy, couplety uh, pattern. It's not exactly couplets the whole way through, but anyway, he's like, all right, I'm, I'm going to put this together. And he starts uh, putting together a story and he's like, okay, what should I draw from? And he's like, uh, okay, how about the fact that I was a loser with no friends as a kid? Okay. And uh, he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Perfect, perfect. Okay. Uh, Sprinkling a little ugly duckling, a little bit of holiday magic, and he brings this to his boss. And his bosses are like, why is this reindeer drunk? (laughs) Um, Because it turns out at the time... The only real association with red noses that anybody had mm-hmm. was alcohol misuse. Yes, yes. Um, and he's like, "No, no, it's it's not like that. It's not like that. It just like it works it's, with it's the story." It's actually cocaine. Trust me. It's cocaine. It's come on, get real. It's, <laughs> we've moved beyond alcohol. And they're like, "Okay, so what's this called?" And he's like, "It's Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer." And they're like, "We don't want to see it." And so they put it in a drawer. And he's like, "No, I I really I really believe in this character." And eventually, they're like, all right, all right, give us some sketches. And he gets some sketches to the art department. And the art department sees it, and they're like, okay, okay. Yeah, th- we, think, we think this could work. And so they take his sketches, and they bring it to the children of the world. No. They ship a couple thousand copies out to different department stores all across the country. Instant, instantly incredibly popular. Oh, I mean, yeah, it, it seems like... For kids whose entertainment has been like dragging sticks on the ground and picking corn during the Depression, coloring a a new reindeer would be great. Yeah. Also, it didn't hurt that it was free, right? Free entertainment and toys, free coloring books during the Depression, huge hit. The the joke's on us, you and me now, because we actually uh, pay a school to encourage our child to drag sticks on the ground and stop dealing with cartoons. Yeah, I know, right? That's that's the problem with today's youth. Not full, enough sticks on the ground. Full circle. Not baking enough bread. Not enough stick hardship. They're just coloring willy-nilly all day long. So in the spirit of discovering the lesser-known legacies mm-hmm. of our childhood heroes, yes. um, I now present you with the true original story Mm-mm. of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Let's dive in. Open scene. Where does he live? North Pole. Not the North Pole. Rudolph does not live at the North Pole. Rudolph is out just living in the forest somewhere. It's still cold, but he is definitely not at the North Pole. Okay. Does not live anywhere near Santa. Santa's not around. Just... No strong male role models in his life. No. And... Not a flying reindeer. Not magical. Sure. Just born with a genetic abnormality. Love so, it. Love it. 
He has this shiny nose. What a treat. Now, he's hanging around, but he is not very popular. He is, in fact, not asked to join any of the reindeer games. <laughs> Ever? Ever. <gasps> uh, Audrey, do you know what the reindeer games are? Uh, well, I know there's a movie about it, and it's pretty violent, right? <laughs> the movie Reindeer Games? Yes, it's not the same ones that Rudolph played, it turns out. Um, well, the only games I could imagine reindeer playing would be like stick dragging and um, rubbing your antlers on a tree. Who can do it the best? Well, so the actual reindeer games were much more organized. Um, <laughs> they were, and I quote, uh, skating and coasting no. and climbing the willows. Uh-uh. Reindeers can't do that. First, I want you to imagine these deer climbing the tree, right? I would love um, to be able to imagine that. Hopscotch and yes, leapfrog yes, yes. protected by pillows. Amen. This is a spiritual experience for me to imagine these re- reindeer doing that. I've, so pillows here rhymes with willows, but I've thought about this. Do you know why the leapfrog is pillows? They're stepping on the frogs? No, the leapfrog protected by pillows is so that you don't have antlers in your ass. That is the, that is the reason that they're playing with pillows. So, Turns out it's a very dangerous game for a reindeer to play. I wasn't listening close enough, but if you read that quickly is or is it like a a b a b rhyme skating and coasting and climbing the willows hopscotch and leapfrog protected by pillows oh, so uh, yeah just a couplet yes but um he they're playing their games of course not rudolph rudolph is just watching he's not allowed looking very sad yeah uh, not invited mm. and he's a good reindeer so he is hoping to get his presents from santa okay but I just want to pause here. I was not aware that Santa was delivering presents to the animals. Mm. Mm. So if you think about this, there's a lot of kids in the world. Yeah. If you start to add in the animals, this gets unwieldy rather quickly. The challenge of Santa going to every home and every home with children, right? That poses a big challenge. Sure. And logistically, I feel like he does not make it easy on himself. And this week I saw a tweet that made me laugh out loud because... It points out this very, um, I don't know, maybe he just like doesn't have a very good co-pilot. Nobody's like mapping this out for him. <laughs> but the tweet goes, why is it in every Christmas movie Santa never goes to the house next door? He always just fucks off like 30 miles west. <laughs> <laughs> really, it's all about the route planning, right. you know? The, you gotta, <laughs> that's the problem. You got to plan ahead. I know, I know. The, the sleigh should not be taking off. Every single time you get to a house. No. You have any idea how much magic that's burning it, each takeoff? It needs to be like a mailman, like a USPS situation where you park your sleigh at the end of the block and you carry mm. your presents house to house. Get out, walk back. Yeah. I mean, it makes so much more sense. But if frankly. he's having to add in all these animals, I mean, you know, I, I'm starting, it's starting to push the, the boundaries of how much I believe this magical man can do. I mean, honestly, what are the elves doing? If this sleigh can carry all the presents in the world, yeah. why are like a crew of elves not on here like split, like divide and conquer, right? Hit up the other houses while you're going to one. No. Yeah. Anyway, we got, we've got notes for Santa. Santa, be in touch if, you, if you'd like some, some uh, suggestions. But I digress. Rudolph is, fingers crossed, hoping to get his presents from Santa. Mm-hmm. So Rudolph goes to sleep on a very foggy Christmas Eve. End of scene one. End of act one. Cut to the North Pole. Santa's nervous. If he can't see, he can't navigate. As the original story says, without any stars or a moon as a compass, 
this extra dark night is likely to swamp us. Uh, proximate rhyme there, but I'll let it slide. <laughs> um, so Santa is coming up with a plan, and instead of flying by the stars, he decides to fly low and slow. Oh, no. And he's going to light his path by streetlights and houses. I don't feel like there was enough electricity in the 30s for streetlights to really compensate for... As you will see, this is not a great plan on Santa's part. (laughs) So with this plan, he goes and finds the reindeer uh, eating dinner. Okay. Um, He busts in all of these reindeer with their full antlers. Mm -hmm. Again, to your point. Mm Mm-hmm female reindeer, are sitting at a table upright with napkins around their necks. I love this. I love this. Eating with forks and knives. How do you hold a fork with hooves? Uh, tell me. I do not know. Maybe magic? Who knows? How do you fly around the world and deliver presents to all the children in one night? Don't get caught up in the details. And all you so, eat is carrots? I mean, listen, plants have protein and fiber, but only carrots all night? It's a, it's a lot of carrots. It's a lot of carrots. Well, it doesn't matter. Santa, excited about this plan, busts in, cuts the dinner short. And he's like, we got to go right now. I got a plan. We're flying by the, the streetlights. So they set off. They get into flying Mm-mm. and Santa cannot, cannot see. Yes, he can yeah. barely read the street signs and numbers. This is, this is not a good plan, it turns out. Santa was like, I fucked around and found out <laughs> real quick. Yes. This is when things start getting really dangerous. Mm, mm. It wasn't the flying sleigh. It wasn't the... The like hooved animals keeping you afloat. No, because they've got magic. The problem here is that if you're flying this low, you are not in FAA uh, cleared airspace. Santa starts hitting shit. Yeah, of course. Um, of course. In fact, almost dies at one point. In this original story, uh, where can one find this original story? Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll share it with you. We'll, we'll have pictures posted on the We can the, link the it gram. in the show notes. Um, yeah, so Santa hits several trees. Ah. Uh, uh, not one, several. Sure. Uh, almost loses in presence. Almost gets in a midair collision with a plane. <gasps> Santa comes inches away from having his head hit the propeller of a propeller plane. <gasps> oh, yes. no. And this is like the story being told to children. Like in the yes, 30s the and here, 40s, they're like, hey, he, you want to hear about Rudolph? Santa's about to almost die first. Yeah, he tangled in treetops again and again and barely missed hitting a tri-motored plane. No. Which I guess you have to say again to make that rhyme. But yeah, the, <laughs> the picture here is of Santa like literally ducking as his head is inches from this plane propeller. It, yeah, it's not, it's not going so well. Oh, no. Um, so there's this near-miss mid-air collision. Santa's barely making it through. This is not looking good. And then it gets worse. Okay. So this plan was to use the streetlights and... The house lights, but midnight comes around. Sure. And as everybody knows, all grown-ups go to bed at midnight. Oh, yeah. And so in this story, midnight comes around, the grown-ups go to sleep, everybody turns off their house lights. Ah. Santa is fucked. Yeah. Uh, The quote here is, through dark streets and houses, old Santa fared poorly. He now (laughs) picked the presents more slowly, less surely. He was really worried. He really was worried for what would he do if folks started waking before he was through. It is, it is looking rough. It is looking grim. Then Santa gets to the house of the deer family. The reindeer family. Again. The Rudolph Rudolph deer family? Yes. Okay. The reindeer family. Now, again, I, I don't know how many other animals he was delivering presents to, but... They have a house, (laughs) 
and a, a nice little cabin in the woods, it turns out. <laughs> okay. And uh, Santa finally gets there. For whatever reason, this house is particularly treacherous for Santa. They, like all grown up Probably adult it's, humans. it's managed by reindeer. Like, you think their electricity <laughs> is, is up to code? No, absolutely not. A reindeer built this house during the Great Depression. There's no, like, electricity that's... No, it is pitch black. Yeah. Pitch black. Their oil lamps are turned out, but that's probably all they had. Right. The poem reads, A ledge that he tripped on while sneaking the chimney gave Santa a spill and a painfully skinned knee. Ew. The room he came down in was blacker than ink. He went for a chair and then found it a sink. <laughs> the first reindeer bedroom was so very black, he tripped on the rug and fell on his back. Stay out of the bedroom, Santa. Listen, right? you have permission to come down the chimney. You've got permission to be by the tree. I am not interested in Santa sneaking into my bedroom. Or any bedroom, well, for that matter. Yeah, I will say, put the bedroom aside for a moment. Okay. Just the fact that, like, the first house after the lights go out, <laughs> yeah. he's got, like, three injuries <laughs> in the first 30 seconds. This is, like, some real Home Alone shit, right? This was not... He's he's now sat in the sink somehow. Why was he sitting down? You don't have time for that, Santa. You don't. It's but he sat in the sink... <laughs> busted that up skinned his knee tore i'm sure the pants that ms claus worked very hard to sew together falls on his back falls on his back potential concussion at this point who knows mm -hmm. but then he starts going to the bedrooms and so ostensibly he's going in because he gets to the house and it's so dark he can't see who lives there then how does he know what presents to bring down the chimney I'm presuming here he brings the magic bag that has all the presents and he just picks them on the fly, okay. which again, poor planning. You got to have these like pre-parceled out, right? You right. got to like know what you're delivering where, right? This is a logistics operation. Yeah. It is not going well. But in order to figure out which presents to give to which person, he goes into the bedroom and it is so hard to see that, quote, it was so hard that he had to move close to the bed and squint very hard at the sleeping deer's head. No, I was wondering if he's going to like feel around the face, like to see which features they had. No, but I'll tell you, in the, the illustration here is not much better. It is literally Santa, like hands on the bed, leaning over <laughs> with his nose like inches from the deer's head, like trying to stare and see who this deer is in the no. dark. Real nightmare fuel. Just imagine if Santa, instead of like being jolly and eating your cookies and leaving stuff around the tree, was instead like in your bedroom, like crouched you. over you. <laughs> yeah, like uh, by smell, trying to figure out who you are. So this is what it is. Figures out the first uh, deer. Okay. Gets the present. Mm. Goes to the second bedroom. Now, he opens this door, though. And uh, in fact, well, he doesn't just open it. He, quote, slowly groped towards the next no. reindeer's room. No, 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 no. Pause. One second. There is no world in which Santa is allowed to slowly grope anything at all in a child's bedroom. Get the fuck out of my house, Santa. What are you doing, man? But all this time took and filled Santa with gloom no. while he slowly he groped towards the next reindeer's room. Mm -mm. So here's Santa groping in the dark. Wonder of wonders, this room, this room he can see. There's a soft glow and he's like, oh, what is this? What do you suppose? It was Rudolph's red nose. And Santa's like, oh, well, that's convenient. Let me just abduct uh, this like, child for the evening. <laughs> no. So he's like, well, this was easy. He quickly picks the, the gift that uh, Rudolph was hoping for. And then he's like, oh, it's nice. And then Santa leaves. <laughs> 
and he just walks away and he goes into the next bedroom and uh he's like oh it's really dark out here again (laughs) this is not gonna work um and it is only after leaving rudolph and realizing hey wait a second wait a second i think i've got an idea that that is when that is when he gets the brilliant idea that will save christmas so he went back to Rudolph and started to shake him. Oh, so this is course, where he abducts a child. Yes, of course, very gently <laughs> in order to wake him. Um, so he walks back in, starts shaking the child, and he's like, hey, hey. He told him the whole story about how hard it's been in the fog and dark, mm-hmm. losing his way. Mm-hmm. And Rudolph is like, "What? Well, why do you need me? <laughs> and Santa's like, well, and you, he told Rudolph, may yet save the day. Your wonderful forehead may yet pave the way. Oh, there's a lot of pressure to put on a small reindeer. Also, to be clear, his forehead? <laughs> the, the, next, the next lines clarify uh, to Rudolph regarding his, quote, wonderful forehead, uh, to call it a big shiny nose would sound horrid. So he's <laughs> trying to ease the kid into this. He's like, hey, that, uh, that glowing uh, schnoz you got. Uh, well, no, th- sorry, that sounds insensitive. It's just your it's whole your, face. It's, it's your whole fucking it's face. It's your dra- it's specifically your giant forehead. Is that better? Does that sound better? Yeah, I would like your giant forehead to lead the way. Um, and Rudolph is like, great. He's like, uh, I'm going to, I guess, tell my parents. Mm-hmm. So he, so Rudolph writes a little note. And he's like, hey, I went off with this man in the middle of the <laughs> night. He came into my bedroom. Uh, I'll be back later. And uh, leaves a note. And in a flash, he's gone. So, of course, uh, at this point, Rudolph is very proud. Well, Technically speaking, Rudolph is very gay in the story. <laughs> okay. Uh, Rudolph pranced Same. out to the door, very gay. Same. Uh, and took his proud place at the head of the sleigh. Uh, listen, I got to tell you. Listen, the, we love it. I love that for him. I will say there is an illustration here, and he is he is prancing the hell out of this out of this nose. Rightfully um, so. He's about to fucking save Christmas. Yeah, really worked it. The idea is a brilliant success. Mm. Somebody, listen, pause. Somebody needs to create some sort of illustration that's like slay Rudolph and like, like I play on the word slay, but it's slay as in like S-L-A-Y. Slay Rudolph, Rudolph slay, something like that. We got, we got our next I've got ideas. I've got ideas. I can't execute on them. So somebody, listen, I know there are a couple tattoo artists who follow us. That's funny. Help us out. Something clever. Rudolph's really got to be prancing here. He's really got to be working it. But you can't steal uh, the thunder from Prancer. Well, I don't know. Prancer was not saving the day. Okay. Well, these are details. These are details. We'll work them out. I'm just saying I've got an idea here. This <laughs> You got a vision. You got a is what vision. You've got. Yeah. It came to me. Yes. So as you can imagine, the flying from this point out goes much more smoothly. Mm. Uh, the poem reads, from Rudolph's uh, forehead at each intersection that not even once did they lose their direction. Oh. Um, again, weirdly hesitant to call it his nose for some reason. Um, Snout? Not even for the rhyme. Just, I guess, yeah, they didn't want him to feel self-conscious about it. But honestly, like, imagine you're in his position and you your nose is fucking lighting up the night. You're like, can you not and, see this? Yeah, and they're like, my forehead? Are you really? Like, you can, you can be real with me. The one thing that uh, Santa had trouble with, if you'll remember, was, well, 
Navigating was hard for sure. sure. Almost died. Another key detail that we often leave out in the future cleaned up tellings here is that um, as Rudolph gets to each home, it is still too dark for Santa go down to be the able chimney, to. Huh? Well, no. So Santa's still got to get into every little kid's bedroom, of course, which is part of this canonical tale. (laughs) So Rudolph's job is to go stand outside of each bedroom window and so that Santa can walk through without, again, like having Mm -hmm. this home alone scene unfold. Mm -hmm. Uh, So um, by each... To tell who lived where and just what to give whom, they'd fly by each window and peek in the room. And of course... Then once they're peeking in, Santa is then groping his way through the home uh, to go and see who the little girls and boys are to give them the right gift. So Santa selected the gift that was right while Rudolph's uh, forehead gave just enough light. They filled all the stockings. They finished delivering the very last gift, last gift presumably to the last like chipmunk or whatever the other <laughs> fuck animals are also getting gifts right as the sun's coming up. Uh, cut to Rudolph's home. Okay. So Mom and Dad Rudolph's- wake up. Yeah, by the way, one of these two deer has antlers, one of them does not. Which now we know, you, now we know, uh, yeah, the, the female reindeer are the ones with the antlers here. But parents of Rudolph wake up in their like four poster bed, like all reindeer do, and um, read this note. So as they're waiting, they're watching the horizon, and sure enough, quote, that Rudolph, the ugliest deer of them all, we're just calling him straight up ugly now. We're not even tiptoeing around the forehead nose thing. We're just like, he's, he's the ugly one. He's like, the ugly deer. he's different, so. The, quote, funny face fellow they'd always called names and practically never allowed in their games. Huh. I mean, we're just like really shitting on him at this point in the story here. Uh, now, of course, becomes the, the one to honor. As, as he comes back, Santa is flying this sleigh down, and they land right in the middle of all of Rudolph's other playmates. Santa is singing Rudolph's praises and how he saved the day in front of all these people who just doubted him. Meanwhile, his haters. all of these other little reindeer are like, why the hell did you give me a drill, Santa? Did you not see <laughs> Like, were you, did you not have Rudolph when you came to my house? I mean, presumably, yes, there were a lot of deer and animals who got presents in pitch black. Did not work out for them. Santa says, it was great. I hope you'll continue to keep us from grief on future dark trips as commander-in-chief. So Rudolph is named president of all reindeer. (laughs) And um, What is he, like 12? Yeah, of course, right? (laughs) He's like a a baby reindeer. With this amount of praise heaped on him in front of all these people who were so mean to him. Mm -hmm. There is an illustration here of Rudolph just very bashful, big long eyelashes just soaking it all in and uh rudolph just blushed from his head to his toes until his whole fur was as red as his nose rudolph here in this moment begins to shine with the light of a thousand suns just red all over his body turns out the power of uh embarrassment will actually rudolph has a little known power where he can glow over his entire body which honestly would have been really fucking helpful (laughs) at any other point in the night at before the sun came up but he just never thought to try he just needs like if he had like a mild humiliation kink and santa was just berating (laughs) him the entire flight i mean this is the thing right like it would actually it turns out 
Rudolph actually would have done much better if Santa had been as mean or meaner. I don't know. Or, yeah, just embarrassed him. Yeah, he didn't have been... to be mean. I think he just had to, like, create a... Like, a, like I feel like Rudolph was probably used to mean. He needed something that was more evocative of maybe, like, a little bit of shame. Maybe, you know, like a, like a self-consciousness. Not so much a, like, hurt. Yeah, yeah, like... um. Like the opposite of clap for me like I'm Tinkerbell. Yes, yes. Everybody's clapping for you like you're Tinkerbell, but you but you don't really want it, but you really do want yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and just lights him up. So in his glowing state, all of the other reindeer at this point, at the end of the story, start yelling speech, speech, no. speech. Stop. <laughs> it's true. So they really want reindeer, Rudolph, who's now their president, commander-in-chief. He's the president of reindeer, apparently. That's how it works. And they're like... Uh, Mr. Glowing, prancing president could give us a speech. And Rudolph, he, w- he was very uh, bashful still. Mm-hmm. And so that's why his speech was just brief and not bright. All he said was, Merry Christmas to all and to all a good night. No! And then Santa stole that? Which presumably also was bad because it it was actually dawn at this point. It was not nighttime anymore at all. He gave this right after the sun came up. So it was like Christmas morning. It was not actually a fitting speech for the occasion, but Santa did definitely steal that. And then, uh, yeah, actually there's a few more lines where it clarifies that now Santa has stolen that as his own catchphrase. And that's why you hear them uh, as they fly away. Which again, I didn't know this reindeer could talk. If 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 Rudolph could talk, and this is his catchphrase originally, and Santa just jacks it, like Rudolph could be saying it, but no, Santa Santa steals the show. But yes, so Rudolph, his glowing self, now president, becomes the fully glowing, well, conveniently only still glowing by his nose, mm-hmm. unless humiliated mm-hmm. reindeer, and uh, continues to save Christmas whenever, whenever there are problems. I have a hard time seeing how this this reindeer is not going to be a hero this week. He sounds like a true hero. Sounds like Santa is a real dick. But we already knew that from last year's episode. We already did know that. Uh, I will say as a postscript to this. Okay. So Robert L. May writes this coloring book. Mm-hmm. Immediate hit. Boom. Very successful. His wife gets cancer. Oh, no. Crippling medical debt. Rudolph... Coloring book continues to be popular year after year. They don't give him any Robert money. Robert L. May does not see a dime of this money. And a few years later, as he is like suffering in, under the weight of the American medical, medical institution for industry. Yeah. Right. Um, he approaches his employer, the chairman, and is like, hey, hey, um, there have been 2 million copies of this printed at this point. Like children from all across the country are writing in. It's been like 10 years and I've not seen a dime of any of this money. Yikes. Um, could I please get some help for my dying wife's medical bills? And his bosses at Montgomery Ward are like, it's been fun, uh, but it kind of ran its course as a Christmas promo. So here you go. You may have all of the rights <gasps> to Rudolph oh. and his story. They give over the rights. And it's, it could be some combination of just them thinking that there wasn't much 
you know, left to milk from it. Mm -hmm. Who knows? Could just be the goodness of Christmas spirit. Let's, let's just believe that. Another Rudolph miracle. He gets the rights and a few years later manages to get Gene Autry, the famed singing cowboy yes. of the 40s, to write a little song about Rudolph, a little ditty. And Autry simplifies it, leaves out some of the creepier, like, leaning into kids' beds parts sure, of the story. Sure. Um, he really, I, skip, he highlights Rudolph as the hero. Yeah, skips, skips the whole uh, near miss with the airplane incident and the, and the, you know, tripping in the house and stuff. Uh, but cleans it up a bit, turns it into a... Uh, incredibly popular Christmas anthem. And uh, from this point on, not only is Robert May able to pay his wife's medical bills, but continues to see the residuals from this for the next few decades. Eventually, in the early 60s, they get a Japanese animation company, uh, Tadahochi Mochinaga's MOM Productions in Tokyo, okay. uh, to produce... Uh, this little TV special, mm -hmm. and uh, of course, it instantly becomes a classic. Yes, and uh, lives now for well over fifty years in the public conscious. Our Christmas miracle this year not only was Rudolph actually, as despite Santa's weirdness, not only was Rudolph actually saving Christmas and uh, gayer than we thought, mm -hmm. but almost every part of the story has a happy ending. So for the very first time in the history of the podcast, I will say this week, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer is in fact my hero. And I just want to clarify all of the references to Rudolph being gay or uh, allegedly gay are positive. That's a pro. That actually falls into the we like that more category because we've gotten a few comments on a few of our like the boards where our podcast is posted where they mm -hmm. feel like um, every time we make fun of someone doing cocaine or make fun of someone being promiscuous that we're actually like making fun of them and not necessarily like making fun of the structures that say that's bad. Oh, these are people living the dream. Are you kidding? Yes. Yes. Imagine <laughs> if Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer got his red nose. Because he was doing cocaine and living his very best promiscuous life as a gay reindeer, an out reindeer in the 40s. And he saves I mean, Christmas. That, and he saves Christmas. And he's the president of the reindeer. I, honestly, if you're going to be the president of anything, you really need to do cocaine. I feel like that's been proven. <laughs> At this point. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I've seen the science on that yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. Peer review. It's definitive. I just, I just really want to point out, this feels like a very opportune moment to point out to all of the like three people who have been like, I can't believe you didn't shit on him the way you did for so-and-so when they did this thing. Nah, man, the stuff we're shitting on are like oppressive social and institutional structures. Rudolph represents all the things that are not that. So, yes, we like it. No, I, w I will say that Robert L. May, I'm glad he had a happy ending. Mm -hmm. uh, there are people who read this story and are like, hey, so just to be clear, uh, everybody here was shitting on the person who was different 
until they were really useful for you and then they were all about it Mm -hmm. and so like despite the fact that like it ends up being a happy story and ugly duckling one there is this like undercurrent of like is it really like could we have come to bring ourselves to like celebrate rudolph and like for being cool and different before he was useful to us potentially i think there's a fair point i think there's also a point to be made though that like Maybe the moral of the story is not they used him once they found him useful, more or less that like his difference always made him useful and no one else had the uh, compassion or understanding to to like invite that into their lives. It wasn't like, oh, we're just using him because he's useful. Maybe everybody around him came to the realization that different is actually should be celebrated that different should be yeah. celebrated and not just exploited yeah and all it took was an old man yeah creeping through his groping through his house yeah. in the middle of the night and taking them from his bed without telling his parents yeah. in order for everyone to see it that's all it takes so if there's a moral of the story here kids if you find Lock your old windows man, if you find an old man groping through your house in the middle of the night stab him shaking you awake scream no go with him no. go with him no. because that is <laughs> your ticket to acceptance Good thing children don't listen to our podcast because you give bad advice. I do, I do give bad advice uh, consistently and as a rule. Uh, and I will say, if people are interested in hearing uh, consistently bad advice at any point throughout their week, potentially on more episodes of Meet Your Heroes, uh, where can they find us? They can find us on social media at Your Heroes Pod or on our website at meetyourheroespodcast.com. Yep, and please like, share, rate, review, spread the word, tell your friends. And until next week, don't be a hero. Don't be a hero. Bye.